This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 282 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by totalsaddlefit.com and Easy Signs Online. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer Glenn again. We're Two so privileged. weeks in a row. Oh my Two gosh! Weeks. You this write is so that exciting. down, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you've had a busy day. It's like your fourth show that of the is day. My fourth so. show, but then you guys yeah. ride twelve horses a day, so then I, what I do is nothing. <laughs> it's just different. Uh, it's just different. Yeah, it's, it's all work. It's just different. Yeah, just different work. Today for us, it was a beautiful day. It was 70 degrees. Sun was out. Trees are beautiful. So today was one of those days. It was pretty quiet here. And uh, it was just me and my assistant riding. And wow, it was a nice day. Like I was like, this is pretty nice. I like this. So It was one of those rare days when it was cooler here than it was in Lexington. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Rare days. Beautiful here. <laughs> And then Philip's up there, and it's snowing already. I bet. Probably. Yeah. No. Come on. No, we had similar to. We must have similar to Reese there. It was mm. uh, sunny and clear and nice, and the horses were feeling good. The riders feeling good. Having a nice day. So. Very cool. Although, know? when's nationals coming there to Lexington, Reese? Nationals is in. Uh, it's in two weeks. So we are. So that means torrential crossed. rains, tornadoes, and hurricanes. <laughs> oh well, we did. We did have tornadoes. Um, actually, very scary. Very. We don't normally have you know that kind of weather in the fall, and that happened on our anniversary. So I will not forget it for a while. Um, it got pretty it was, close. There was one in where Paris. Yeah, there was. We were in Paris when it happened. Yeah, we oh, were wow. right by the. It was scary. I'm not gonna. I'm not. So anybody that has any weather did you see that the goes tornado? through. I saw videos of it. It was scary. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it was literally five minutes from where we were having dinner. So oh, we wow. won't forget. It wasn't the most romantic anniversary. I'm not going to lie. It was just like, <laughs> I want to go. Oh, wait, we can't go. I want to go. What'd you do on your <laughs> anniversary? I was in the basement of a restaurant. That's yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. kind of like yeah, a, huddled in a corner. Yeah, yeah, I was under the we table. Were in a yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, can I have another beer? Like, let's just, <laughs> just drink this one through. Yeah, it was, it was scary. But. Um, we are very excited about having the Nationals here again this year. Um, and actually, one of our listeners um, asked for some tips about coming to Lexington. And Glenn, you lived here. That's when I yep. met you. So we thought that we would talk a little bit about, for everyone that's coming to Nationals, um, kind of some things to do while you're here. So, uh, Glenn, do you want to start us off or you want me to? Well, we, do we want to start with food because that's where we always start, right? Yeah. yeah I that's... mean, that's where you start and finish. Yeah, exactly. Yes. There yes. Is to it. Food and drink. There's two things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'd say do this Kentucky. after you ride. Do not do this before you ride because it's about 2,000 calories. And that is if you have never done it and it's a Lexington thing or it's a, it's a Kentucky thing, you have to get a hot brown. Kentucky fried chicken. No, no. Oh, well, yeah, we no, have that too. We but... have that too. But you have to get a hot brown at Ramsey's. Uh, Ramsey's Diner, there's not one downtown anymore, right? That one closed. That's right. Mm-hmm. So they're on the outskirts of town, right? There, there are several of them. Yep. Yep. And the Ramsey's Diner, but by the way, anything you get at Ramsey's is good. Excellent. Uh, yeah. All farm, local. It's a local chain, but it's just Southern Lexington. food. You can get catfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all Southern cooking. But the hot brown, I'm not... You, I can't describe a hot brown. It's a whole pile of goop with cheese on it. And <laughs> no, it's, it's about 2,000 calories. Goop? It is, it is not. Goop. It's, it's an open-paced sandwich, uh, turkey sandwich. 
um, that has um, bechamel sauce. It has cheese, tomato, country ham. You get it with country ham or regular ham. It is not a heart healthy dish, no. but. I only have one a year. That's how bad it is for you. But, but it is damn our, good. Oh, it is tasty. good. And then have that with a little bourbon to cut it. Oh, it is pretty. But then you could cover a dirty shoe with that much cheese and it'd be good. I oh, mean, it is. Uh, it is good. Yeah. It is a very good dish. So Ramsey's is great. And it's actually, like I said, farm fresh and local. Um, Lexington actually has a ton of local restaurants. Um, it's something that we're known for here, actually. Funny enough, um, we we have chain restaurants, but a lot of them are local. So another local yeah. chain. Don't, that, don't eat the chains. Don't eat the Yeah, don't eat chains because we have totally a lot of cool. It. Yeah, a couple of cool restaurants that we have, and there are a couple different. Are Malone's. That's a very nice steakhouse um, to come to. Uh, then okay. there's a res- restaurant called okay. Saul Good. Mm-hmm. Right. There's two of those in town, Saul Good. Uh, those are excellent. Good place for – no, there are three. There's some downtown. Uh, downtown Lexington has a lot of fun restaurants. Uh, it's all good. It's a down fun there. atmosphere, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were down there watching there. the bikers roll by. <laughs> yep. Yep. We always take Philip down there. And um, Philip awesome. likes uh, the Village Idiot. There's a great yeah. uh, place called the Village Idiot that has a great, great burgers there. Uh, Shakespeare and Company. Um, there's a Table 310. Uh, Dudley's. So a lot of local restaurants downtown. It's very close to the horse park. Um, I recommend that people stay either. Um, oh, I'm going to get the exit wrong, but it's. I think it's exit 115. Uh, there's a Marriott there, an Embassy Suites there, Clarion, um, a Sheridan Four Points. Um, I think a Marriott Fairfield Inn. That's a great place because really from there, 10 minutes is literally downtown Lexington. So you're very close to that. Um the and, other place is Georgetown to stay, uh, which is one exit up on the highway on yep. 75. It's good. We've eaten dinner with Reese many times at a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other one I want to throw in there is Bourbon and Talese. Uh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, great Cajun food. Some of the best Cajun food I've ever had, actually, mm-hmm. is at that place. And they do take out. You can take it back to your, uh, you, you can take it back to your hotel. But the jambalaya, just everything there is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and, also downtown. Yep. Yep. And then one other place, too, if you're going to make another day of it and you have never been out to Shaker Village, it is worth the trip. Uh, it's about 20 miles south of town. Right. Through mm-hmm. some beautiful countryside. Gorgeous. In, yeah, in Kentucky. But it's uh, it's actually a Shaker Village, a reenactment of a Shaker Village that was there. And it's just fun to go see, and it's it's hysterical, historical. And uh, <laughs> it's just, we, we used to like going down there. The The restaurant used to be good years ago, and then we had some bad still, experiences. So oh, yeah. I, it's, I, I um, ate there about six months ago, and it's it was it's a, it's just a fun experience. Yes. I, I wouldn't say the food is the, you know, it's, it's a B... A B minus, but it's it's a fun experience <laughs> yeah. there, and it and uh, it is just fun to see. So, if you want to uh, have an experience that if you have an extra day in town, that that that's the one one of the things. And of course, any of the distilleries that were yes, are within a twenty say, minutes of uh, send send husbands and spouses and 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 uh, you know anybody that's there uh, that doesn't want to stay around the horse show for for your ride. Uh, the the distilleries are really which really one fun. do you like? I like Woodford Reserve mm-hmm. simply yeah, because the drive out there is through through horse country is beautiful yeah well i have to be honest i mean living here my whole life uh when philip and meredith came to visit last year uh when philip comes it's great because we actually sometimes we work horses and sometimes we just do touristy things and uh, that was the first time in my life i'd ever been to a distillery sadly enough really 
Yeah, I just, well, I take that back. I went once in college to Wild Turkey for a field trip. Uh, I don't I know if wild ag- turkey counts. A college. Oh uh, yeah. Trip. Well, it's an you know it, for me, I was an agriculture economics major, so um, in college, so that does actually it's a huge, huge economic yeah, impact is. with it the is, bourbon yeah. industry here. So it was a legit field trip. We didn't even we weren't able to taste. I was like I was twenty one, but it was a school sponsored event. So bummer. Um, but uh, no, it's really fun. And, and downtown, we have new distilleries as well. Um, well we Alltech has their brewery downtown, mm-hmm. right? Alltech right. has their brewery. And then there's West Six Brewery that's downtown. Also very close to the horse park, literally within 15 minutes of the horse park. So lots of fun stuff. Well, and please and let, feel- let's be cultural now and yes. get off of booze and food. Is the, <laughs> book st- is the bookstore that had all the horsey books still in town? Um, we have a wonderful bookstore. It's called yes. Joseph Best that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. bookstore. That's wonderful. It's a, it's beautiful. It's a three story bookstore. It's really a fun. They had experience. a lot of horse books and, and books oh, yeah. About, yeah, Local books about the farms and, and the area and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a really fun place to go. And then Keeneland Racecourse. We have oh, Keeneland yeah. Racecourse, um, and then Phasic Tipton that are fun to visit, um, for horse Keeneland racing now. Keelan is in session now. I yeah. don't. I don't think when nationals is is here. I, I don't think in a couple weeks. It's in going. Next week, mostly maybe. October. Yeah, yeah. But but to go, go, go to the early in the morning. You you can still mm-hmm. go in. I've done this before. Has it gone early yeah. in the morning, and uh, and seen them breeze? Yep. They're still working on the track, right? Yep, that's right. Yes, you can go and watch and, them breeze and and watch the you know the training riders chase them around. You know? Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's, it's kind fun. of a fun experience. You know, if you have a nice day, you know it'll be. Uh, at one of the and most the beautiful racetracks in the country. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, world, and when really. the sun comes up, you know, 6.30, something like that in the morning, and, and you watch yeah, the horses run, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. And, um, you know, there's a track kitchen, actually. You can go eat yeah. and have, watch eat breakfast yeah. with everybody who works at the at the, uh, at the track. It's it's a lot it's of fun. It's not a bad breakfast here. either, you know. No, it's, it's not a bad breakfast. It's kind of greasy it's spoon, really but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's good, you know. And just That's farm tours. I I know. I looked I looked it up a little bit um, when I was getting ready for the show. They have some tours uh, leaving from the horse park for all the spouses or anybody that would like to go. Uh, and there's some farm tours. And take advantage because you can't just drive up to some of these thoroughbred farms and just knock on the door. You actually have to be able to get in. Be an organized um, thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, really, really, fu- I mean, to go see a thoroughbred farm is is amazing. So I would also recommend that uh, to go and do that. So lots of things to do here in Lexington. Lots of fun stuff. Um, yeah. lots of fun stuff. Uh, Philip and Meredith love to come and visit, and we love to have them. And uh, like I said, that's when I actually go do fun things um, here in town. <laughs> but <laughs> we have a lot of fun things to do here, and they're very horsey and and very cultural. And we're very proud as Kentuckians to show show them off. So uh, b- please feel free if you have any questions um you know my email reese at horse radio network uh dot com and i'm happy to answer any question that i can and if i about the area and uh, we're very proud of it and um if there's um anything i can do to help make your trip uh, more fun let me know so well guys i gotta bring up something here uh we hit we have nationals coming and apparently the usdf is now se- uh, celebrating cultural diversity because not only do we have a dollar horse who Hillary's going to be on the show tonight, uh, her horse is ending up going, but we have a mule and also some thoroughbreds. We got all kinds of diversity at the at the nationals this year. Yeah, and this is what's fun about the national finals that 
that I can already see, uh, just even from my own business. Uh, personally, uh, I have a writer, Jill Stowe, um, who's a professor at the University of Kentucky. She's going on her horse, Dundee, who's an off-the-track thoroughbred. And Laura That's Phillips, cool. who's been on the show. Yeah. And Laura yeah. Phillips, who's been on the show before on Marciello, is going on a 21-year-old uh, and doing the pre-St. George. So very All shapes unexpected. and sizes yeah. and ages. Well, this you know, expensive uh, horses, not expensive horses, right? And a I mean, mule. That's a I'm stuck thing. on and a, a mule. mule because this is the first time ever that a mule will be going. It's owned by Laura Hermanson. She's out of California, Madura, California, uh, and she's been training and working with this mule for over ten years. And uh, she's actually on the board of directors of the American Mule Association. And so she uh, she earns scores up to seventy five percent, and uh, at the uh, local, state, and, and regional championships. And they invited her to come and compete. I don't know what level she's at. I don't see that in here. But uh, you'll see. She'd be the only mule. Really cute mule, too. Yeah. Very cute. Lovely photo. I mean, we've yeah. added it to the show notes here. I think this is really a, a, a good-looking mule, for sure. Yes, so, absolutely. That's exciting. That's fun. Yeah. So that's anything fun. that uh, anything that brings a little excitement to the show would be good? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, no, and I if you have your own story, you know, send us a little note or something on the Facebook page. Well, uh, you know, we'd love to spread the news about people's successes and and uh, fun tidbits of information about everybody that's that's going to be going to the national show. I think, you know, that's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to bring everybody together. I think it is, and I think just hearing everybody's story, and we want to we want to share it. So please feel free to send it to us, and we will give you a shout out here on the air. So Philip, we've got a little news this week. What's in the news? Um, I thought that was kind of. This is a kind of a little bit of a cool story, not specifically dressage, but the first American-born stallion was approved at the 2014 Trikane Verband inspection in Neumünster, Germany. So, an American-bred and full Trikane stallion, Davidas, jumped his way into history into the history books last weekend when he was approved as a premium stallion by the Trikane Verband in northern Germany. He was na- also named best jumper of the inspection, earning his breeder owner. Dr. Margaret McGregor uh, of Holders Hill, Auburn, Illinois. Uh, she won an engraved vase for the honor of the best jumper stallion. So that's that's uh, you know a, a great piece of press and, and and a pat on the back to the U.S. breeders. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad we put that in. Um, that is fabulous because as as a breeder, it is so hard. And so I think anytime you get a shout out, that's pretty phenomenal. And also, Edward Glo- uh, Edward Gall and Glock's Undercover, they produced their best score of an 84% at the Grand Prix on Saturday um, at the World Cup Western League Indoor Winter Circuit. So I thought that that was pretty cool. And 84.1%, um, that is his um, highest score on that, that particular horse. Um, so that was really cool. Awesome. So yeah, see- we're going to be watching the, uh, the World Cup uh, dressage circuit because... As everybody knows, it's being held in Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, we'll hopefully see all of these amazing European horses come over and compete for the World Cup title. We're ready. Awesome. I'm excited. We're ready. <laughs> We're ready. Philip and I will go tomorrow. Our spouses are coming too. So we're yeah. ready for a big time. Yeah, big, big uh, dressage extravaganza. <laughs> An extravaganza. We're looking yeah. forward to it. Nice. Well, Right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with our favorite segment of the month with Hillary Moore Hebert, contributing editor of Dressage Today.
This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England Style Farm Signs, their most popular line of signs. New England Style Farm Signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required. No wood to rot and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Well, this evening we are on with Hillary Moore Hebert, contributing editor to Dressage Today. We love having her on. It's our favorite segment of the month. Hillary, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you well, guys? To start, we're great. And to start off this segment, we at the Horse Radio Network have to congratulate you on your hugely successful fall. And you are qualified to come here to Lexington to the national finals. Yes. That is so cool. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm very excited. And which level um, will you be riding? If people want to see the show. Yeah. So I think it's on Sunday, but don't quote me. It's the fourth level freestyle. And um, I just want to give a shout out to um, Beth Hall because I'm embarrassed to say that my freestyle, I am like a massive freestyle rookie. I did it. The last time I did it is when I did the pre-St. George freestyle. Do you guys remember when that existed for young riders? It did. That's the last time I did a freestyle. (laughs) So, um, at gags, I actually earned my free, my silver bar. So, um, that's how inexperienced. Yeah. Um, and Beth Hall, she, um, makes these really cool, um, like pre-made freestyles. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to her website, but if you know your horse's beats per minute, um, you can kind of get a pre-packaged one, which I did, and it cost me $200, and I went out and I did the thing twice, and it was really fun. Um, and so I was kind of just going about my business doing it. And then the third time, it kind of hit reality because there I was at regional championships with this freestyle I'd done two times and a lot of the other people in my class are like in the top 15 20 in the country for ranking um, and theirs are way more impressive than mine are so um, we just tried to get the technical side really together um, and we ended up getting a wild card spot so to be honest, I am frantically putting together one right now, and I have a different freestyle for two weeks from now, I guess, three weeks from now, um, that I'm going to be practicing frantically between now and then. <laughs> I bet. Well, I bet. good luck. Yeah, good luck. I can't. I'm going to be there to cheer you on. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to come. I think it maybe takes somewhere between, I've heard nine hours, I've heard 12 hours, but it's going to be a hike. Um, So we're looking forward to it, but I will be happy when we are physically there on the showgrounds. Yeah, it's about 12 hours for you, I think, ish. 
it's it's a it's a haul. But we're but it'll be excited. Worth it. But it'll be, it'll worth, be it. worth it. And we are so <laughs> excited to have everybody here in Lexington. It's a great time to be here. And we really have a show sort of we're talking a lot about the national finals this um this episode. And we will also next episode uh to kind of tell people a little bit about what's gonna happen. And um it should be a, a lot of fun. So I can't wait to see you and cheer you guys on. Um and then we'll definitely have to get your whole wrap up after the show is over for sure. Right. And I had mm-hmm. I had another question before we get started. Mm-hmm. Last week you can come on, Hillary, because you were at the BLM Championships. Correct? Yes. What is that? So, <laughs> um, if you are awesome and you live in a cool place like we do, there's a second championships because we are one is not enough for us, and Devin is definitely not enough. So we need to also go out and do another thing on top of it. So I was in Lexington, Virginia. And um, it's the Colonel Bent Lundquist Memorial Championships. And you have to be a member of a participating GMO. And there's even some people who are like up from Florida all the way, you know, up to New England. So it's kind of a speckled group of people from the East Coast. Um, And it's really cool. Instead of the third test of the level that you need to do for regionals, it's the second test. So I did... um, my fourth level two test, the fourth level freestyle, and then the pre-St. George. And we did qualify for the intermediate, but you can't do more than the two consecutive levels. So we chose to do that so we could do the freestyle as well. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's sort of a different group of people. Um, some people are resting from gags. Other people only qualified for one or the other if they prefer a test. So it was a lot of fun. And the um, the whole, uh, weekend is kind of Halloween themed. So it's a little bit, um, you know, like more, I don't, I wouldn't say lighthearted, but there was like a dog costume contest where, um, there was like cash prizes for that and stall decorating. So it just is a nice way to end the season, I think, um, for everyone who's in the Maryland area, uh, to do that. So we also did that and, had a quite successful weekend as well there. Very good. Cool. Yeah, you've been nonstop with horse showing. Yeah. We're getting all our news from you. It's amazing. (laughs) You're at every championships. And it's been a lot of resting. Um, The horse that I'm obviously taking, the $1 horse that I don't know if everyone's been hearing about him, but my trainer bought him for a dollar. And right now we're giving him just a week of really, really relaxed turnout and recovery so that we can take him down for that one fourth level class at nationals. Um, but I'm certainly not going to be like signing up for the entire show, trying to do pre St. George classes every day, going up to it. We're really trying to just keep him, you know, in one piece strong and fit and not going to hurt or anything. So that's been the main focus between the shows is doing that. Well, and I think that that's a really good, good point. You know, we, we always need a rest and, and to compete and you guys have been going, you went from Devon to the regional finals, to the BLM finals, now to the nationals. And a lot of people are now in that same ball game. Um, and kind of, you know, you have to let them down a little bit before a big national finals. I think, um, if you don't, I think you're, you're saying it, you know, they can get hurt. They, they get mentally fried. So, um, I think that's always something you should think about before, a big final. So that's really cool that you guys are doing that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it takes the guidance of someone like 
in my case, my trainer, Yana, um, it takes someone very experienced to make sure that they are looking out for the best interest of you and your horse. You can definitely see it. I mean, we didn't have a plan coming out of Devon. We left late Sunday night after awards, um, and we had to be in North Carolina seven hours away for a Thursday morning pre-St. George championship. Um, he didn't do anything but just get got worked, you know, in like a trot stretchy and really get him loosened up. But we weren't drilling anything. Uh, as soon as we got to the showgrounds, it was just light work, and he did his class. But that was really the first time I picked him up and rode him in what you'd sort of consider a show frame since we left Devon and did our class Sunday morning. Um, and then you could see he definitely had more energy and was fresher for his freestyle class on Saturday night because he, I didn't do anything from Thursday morning till Saturday evening, but just loosening work. I didn't do any classes or anything. Um, and I had the expectation that he would be better for that. You can't really say I'm going to take a horse to Devon and be expecting that Thursday morning's championship class is going to be getting you the highest score of your entire season. So, um, you know, it's just managing expectations and also your mental health, your horse's mental health, and both of your physical health as well. No, I think I think you're so right. So, uh, Hillary, this is so exciting, the news that you have. So uh, let's get started on our tips for the month. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you guys because we have covered a lot of the stuff in the October issue already, but um, there's a great article about um, the power of partnerships with Boyd and Silva Martin, and there's an online extra that I think would be great for everyone to look at that's about syndications, um, but it got me thinking just about the overall concept of giving back, and especially because I'm really doing nothing but thinking about this uh, end to the competition season. The only thing I've been doing besides just letting um, Willie down and relaxing him and everything has been doing a lot of media coverage. And the local newspaper came and did a story about us going to nationals. And I thought that it was just going to be like in the sports section because they're between seasons right now. But we actually ended up as the lead story in the local newspaper on the front cover. And I think that... um, you know, it's important for us to think about giving back in ways that we can. And I think that it's very important to consider that we are representatives of the sport. And so I try to do media like that, probably sometimes more so than some of the other just equine only publications, because I think it's important for people to see that this is a sport that is popular in, you know, North America, not just Europe and get people educated. And I think that um, you can give back by either having um, coverage in your local sports section. Um, Some other examples of giving back would be, uh, you know, how Yana has been letting me ride Willie instead of herself because she's, you know, shown several horses to FEI. She has her own stallion going right now. And it's just doing what you can with your resources. And I thought it would be neat to kind of ask you guys um, how you personally give back to the sport, because I know you certainly do. And I thought it would be kind of neat to hear so that people listening might come up with their own ideas of how they can give back as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's always something, um, you know, that that Philip and I both talk about and, and work 
um, you know, I'm, I'm also like Yana, a lot of times I have a horse, uh, for example, my assistant showed my young horse. She doesn't have a horse showing right now. Um, and she's done a super job cruising him around the show. Um, you know, we take working students a lot of times and, um, you know, I teach them a ton, you know, I'm really, um, make sure that they get their lessons. And, and so I do my part, um, or try to do my part as much as I can that way. Um, you know, I like to host our local pony club, uh, and, uh, the UK dressage team here at the farm. Uh, we do a clinic and sort of make a, a day of it. Um, and that's again, really fun because I have the facility and I love to share it. Um, and then I'm also the co-president of, um, Masterson Equestrian Trust. Um, so I've been the president for this year and it's been a really, uh, really fun experience. It's my first time as a president of a nonprofit. And, uh, thankfully I do have a co-president with Mary Fike, who's a phenomenal person. Um, the park, the park is, uh, there's an equestrian facility. Uh, it's a state, it's a city park, excuse me. And, um, we make sure we maintain, uh, there's a cross country course, there's a dressage, um, there are five dressage pads. There's a, a hunter jumper course, uh, and there's an indoor arena at the park and everyone can come and ride there for free. So that's been really fun. I've enjoyed cool, that. Yeah, you gave me a tour of it last time I went Yeah. Down. Yeah. And it's it was, a lot of work. It really yeah. Neat. yeah it was, it's a uh, neat place. Yeah. A really unique, uh, space that, you know, everybody can use. And, and, um, it was a really great idea. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, so it needs to be, great. it needs to be continually run and, and upgraded yeah. and doing stuff. So, you know, yeah. people have to volunteer to do that. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't, this stuff doesn't happen out of the, out of the sky. Right. Right, exactly. And so that's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, every, anybody that does volunteer work, um, it's, a, it's a lot. And um, then we also have a lot of shows here. Um, and so to try and volunteer with your local organization to help with the horse show, um, you know, a lot of times I can't help during the show just because that's a huge time for our business. But there's always stuff that can be done before or after. Um, so we, so I try to do that too. I, I you know, I always wish I had more time in the day to help, but I think anything like that. And, and when, and I really try when I'm at a horse show that no, knowing that everybody's volunteering to be there. So to thank your ring store stewards and to thank the guys that are picking up the trash and thank the guys that are, or ladies that are harrowing the arena. Um, I think that's all something that we can do as competitors to give back to the sport and thank everyone for being there. So those are a couple of things that I do. Philip, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, well, let's think. Um, president of the local dressage club. We do uh, mostly the running of, um, you know, kind of a local series of shows. We have four shows over the season, you know, that's kind of grassroots level. You know, and anyone can kind of come, you know, enter and, and show. And we have a lot of a lot of beginner riders and people just, you know, getting into dressage. And, you know, some other riders that, that can still show in the upper levels but don't have a ton of money to go to the national circuit and, you know, be at a show for four days. Just a one-day show, you know. We have a, a great group of volunteers that uh, that get together. We get together. It's not a lot, you know. Once a month, just to talk about that, and then we have a, you know, prizes at the end of the year, and we try and hold at least one clinic with a with a good clinician, you know, with a Grand Prix rider that comes in, and and uh, you know, and anybody can ride, and and we try and keep the cost low and very reasonable because that I mean that's the biggest thing you know, in this sport and the biggest complaint. But, you know, as we're seeing today, you know, Hillary's riding a $1 horse. You know, I was talking to Reese earlier about horses that she's sending to nationals that aren't, you know, these really expensive imported warm bloods. So, 
Um, I think, you know, personally, I try and, you know, help everybody with no matter what horse they have and, and also keep my, you know, uh, fees reasonable. You know, I, I travel quite a bit and, you know, not just in my area, but, you know, travel two, three hours, you know, on weekends to, to have, um, you know, instruction for people and again, keeping the cost reasonable so that I think, I think part of it is, you know, you want to have a, a nice horse, but even with a nice horse, if you can't get quality instruction, you know, or, or, or some way to, to get help with that horse, you're not going to go anywhere either, either. So that, you know, from my perspective that, that, uh, I try and, you know, try and do that and really work on a, on a grassroots basis, you know, towards, uh, getting more people involved and, and stuff like that. But Hillary, you were talking about, you know, garnering some, some, um, you know, publication and getting people involved that way. You know, how does somebody do that? Get, get their local paper out to see a, uh, to see a show or get involved in dressage. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is sort of to challenge everyone listening to just do that once because um, I think that especially as it gets to the winter and things are quieting down, it's very easy to do this. And here's all you need to do, and email will work. You can also call, but usually they prefer to have it in email so that they can pass it around to the news office. But um, when I worked at a newspaper you know, back in the day as my first job, it was pretty standard for people to just send like a little quick email that the subject was interesting, almost like what you would think of as like the lead of the story. And then it's just a little bit of information. It doesn't have to be some fancy press release. And I actually would suggest not to send a photo attachment because it will um, clog everything up and be harder to do. Um, but you could send like a little link if you had a picture or something um, on Facebook even. You could just send the little link at the bottom but identify it and say link to photo. But um, what you want to do is send them stories that you would find interesting. And, for example, they're sort of the easy ones. Um, I was on the cover of the newspaper for uh, a $1 show horse heads to nationals. Um, but you can also just call the sports section of your local newspaper. And anytime you do anything, it's the same as someone who's playing football or baseball or swimming or whatever. Call them and say, hey, uh, you know, I went to this um, local show. It doesn't matter if it's a schooling show. You just call them and you say, I went to this local show and I got first and second place in my class. And I live in town and I just wanted to let you know that I had this success. And I just wanted to pass it along. And after a while, um, things, you know, may be more interesting or less interesting, but the sports department and your local newspaper will start to pay attention to you. And there can be times where if um, they start to see emails from you, they can kind of keep it in mind. But I've even had the local newspaper call me to ask about stuff because, they are interested in, like, um, we have the Washington International Horse Show that's in town uh, this week right now, and they'll call me and say, hey, do you know of anything that might tie into Germantown where I live that could relate to that? And they kind of are seeking me out as an expert then. Um, but it's really easy. I mean, it's just, if you figure local newspapers are probably the best way to do it, um, same thing if you have local um, like a radio talk station or if you um, have a local TV. It's mostly just a, a matter of calling them and touching base and letting them know the story. But no story is too small, whether it's that 
you, um, you know, leased out a barn that hasn't been cleaned up or used for 10 years and you cleaned it up and you have five horses in there now and you're showing, even if you're not doing necessarily particularly well because it's, um, you know, a new business, just the fact that you're kind of bringing a new business to town and it's interesting and unique, that in and of itself can be enough. And, um, you know, maybe you do like a little charity fundraiser or something like that. Think about things that are just interesting and uh, it's very easy to get coverage. And that makes sense. I mean, I think Philip and I can tell you from doing the show, there are times where you really need content. And so to have somebody that you can go to um, is even more helpful. Um, and I can imagine that, that print is the same. Yeah. And I think it's the same. You know, I think also coming from the perspective of dressage today, and I'm sure for you guys, it's the same thing. It's pitching stories, pitching stories, and pitching more stories. Is if you have ideas for stuff, whether it's the local newspaper or you know the radio for you guys or um, for dressage today, it's just finding one of the editors or one of the hosts and just sending them ideas. No one's gonna like you know, send you back a nasty email, they'll either yeah. probably, you know, just ignore you or they'll pass it on. And it's just something <laughs> that they keep in their folder of ideas. So um, it can never hurt to do that. Absolutely. No story is too small or, you know, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Because well, it, might tie, it also, might tie into something else, right? That they, you know, they, they'll use they'll use it as a little side story or something like that, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, it's exactly. A, it's like you point. have someone who, um, you know, is maybe doing something and they need a little sidebar story about someone who does dressage because it relates to, you know, um, here would be an example, actually, is we got a lot of um, mention of dressage in the Washington Post because they did an article because we bought one of the dairy barns um, in the area and we couldn't salvage the bank barn because it was knocked off of its foundation uh, during that freak earthquake that we had a couple years ago and um, they were looking for coverage about stuff related to the earthquake and damage it did. They were also looking and interested in covering stuff related to agriculture and what was happening to Maryland's agricultural area. Um, and so I had mentioned that we were using the um, old timbers to rebuild a great room. A guy was paying us to um, get the timbers to rebuild a great room in the Hamptons. And it kind of hit five interesting things for them. But in the end, the story really was about the business and the dressage aspect of it, um, because that's why the whole thing came to fruition. But to me, it was really exciting just to have the word dressage mentioned in the Washington Post because it gets the word out there about our sport. And, you know, it's not like we are um, football or baseball. We definitely don't have the same audience size. So it's always great, I think, to figure out ways to do that. Very cool. Excellent. So, Hillary, what do we have next? So the other thing I wanted to talk about was giving back, but not in a way related to just the sport, but how to use the sport to give back to the community. And um, I have always tried to be involved in charitable things. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the PVDA Ride for Life, but um, it's a big breast cancer 
fundraiser for Johns Hopkins um, that the GMO that I belong to has done for years. And we usually bring in somewhere between sixty dollars and $80,000 a year for Johns Hopkins, but it's all related to a dressage show. Um, but I think it's important for us to recognize that we are in a sport that does have privilege and, um, you know, how to use that to our advantage. And one thing that I'm definitely planning on doing over the winter with the freestyle that I put together is doing some sort of charity um, where we can become performers in order to raise money. And I think that it's important to think about things, whether it's in the sport of dressage, but also things related to people who are less fortunate or things in your community that are um, in need of help. But I think it's important to think about ways um, for example, Reese, the um, program that you're involved in and having, uh, I guess, the showgrounds or whatever you would call maintained, thinking about it from a perspective outside of dressage and sort of saying, okay, this is also really great for the agricultural, um, you know, keeping the agricultural side of things the way that they are and making sure that things don't get overdeveloped. So. Um, I just was wondering if you guys had some other ideas of, you know, ways that you can use dressage to give back to other aspects of the community outside the sport. Yeah, no, it's it's true, and and we do a lot of of those type of activities out of out at Masterson. Um, for example, we have a hunter pace. I actually did not know what a hunter pace was. I'm still a little fuzzy on what that is. Um, but it's basically you can come out and you can jump a lot of the jumps or you can come out and just have a nice ride. And all of the money goes toward um, our park and to, to to the foundation. But we will then distribute it just to the equestrian side of the park. And, um, you know, it is a lot of fun to be a part of those. Uh, we laugh a lot. We, you know, it's a lot of fun. And the park sort of gets cleaned up as we do it. Um and then we also donate to the writing program that happens at the park. And that's a program that people can come and um, anybody in the city can come and ride. And it's very, very affordable. And it's a great way to get people sort of started in in the industry if they're interested. So um, it's not dressage per se, um, uh, but it's fun to bring your dressage horses out and get all dressed up. And we always go as dressage queens, uh, which is lots of fun. So that's something that we do. And, and certainly... Um, I have had the privilege to ride with the Lexington uh, Philharmonic. I did my freestyle. Um, this was many years ago now, actually, but um, it was to um, benefit Kentucky uh, Educational TV, and um, it was a big fundraiser for the for KET. And it was really amazing to ride to a full orchestra. At the time, uh, my freestyle was to the Oda Joy, so that was pretty awesome experience, um, that I used that freestyle. Um, I had to work with the Philharmonic, which is, uh, quite an interesting, I thought we were divas, but musicians are really divas. I decided, um, you know, they had to take a break and I was like, uh, my horse is ready. Like we can't take a break. So that was an interesting, but we raised quite a lot of money. We raised, I think over a hundred thousand dollars, uh, during that whole dinner and, and, for for uh, KT, so lots of fun ways to to raise money. So those are a couple of things that we do um, that using dressage or and or just horse sport in general to to educate the community and have a good time. So yeah, I mean in our area, there's a a horse show that sponsors uh, breast cancer. Everything raised by the show, you know, 
goes towards uh, that that fund, and uh, you know, they, a little bit like they do in Florida, they they put on some um, some freestyles, some costume style freestyles, you know, uh, you know, kind of in a smaller way than they do at the um, at the WEF complex, but. Um, you know, really fun idea. Anybody can come out and it's, you know, dressage, the, the freestyles is what, you know, really can bring the public in, you know, because people want to see that, that side of it and it can be really fun and it gets people out to donate money to, uh, to the breast cancer foundation. And, uh, and you know, if you think, yeah, if you're thinking about, you know, what would, what would interest people, not just horse people about dressage, I think that's it. And you can certainly, you know, um, just like that Philharmonic thing you were talking about, you can certainly put on you know, like uh, an event or a show surrounded around, you know, more entertainment than really, you know, the scores and, and stuff like that. And, and people really enjoy it. And you can get people out to your farm or, or to or showgrounds or whatever. I mean, you know, anything you can do to kind of organize that sort of thing, it can raise money, it can raise awareness, it can do, you can do a lot with that kind of stuff. So um, lots of lots of fun ideas and things that, that can benefit communities and, uh, and charities and things like that. So that's a very good point, Hillary. It's, it's nice that you brought that up. Well, Hillary, as always, thanks so much for coming on for our segment from Dressage Today. How do our listeners um, get a hold of you? So they can visit us at dressagetoday.com. And while you're there, I really recommend that you enter the contest to get tickets to go to the World Cup in Las Vegas next year, because that is an absolute fantastic opportunity while you're there. So and Villegro's going, right? Yeah, the rumor. It sounds like everybody... Um, it sounds like everyone is going, and it seems like a place that everyone should go, whether or not you win tickets or not. Just put other ones on standby, so yeah. if you don't win, you can definitely go. But, um, yeah, it sounds like Villegro is going and um, a bunch of other people, too. And I even remember when I spoke with um, Matthias Rath probably two years ago, he talked about um, going to World Cup Las Vegas and made it sound like to him that was like the cream of the crop best show he'd ever been to in his life so and just to spectate and he said his goal from that point on was to come back and show in Las Vegas so I don't know you know what's happened after that but it sounds as though the Europeans definitely are excited about World Cup being at Las Vegas This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Hillary was very easy to convince to stay uh, on the line for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. So, Hillary, what's your trainer tip of the week for us this week? So, the trainer tip that I have is from Back to Front Explained. It's an article by Melissa Jackson that we have on the website right now, and you can read more if you look. Um, but I thought this was really good. It's um, from training level to Grand Prix, the rider must always activate the hind legs first. This is accomplished by the rider using her seat and legs, asking the horse to move the hind legs forward and under the belly, then receiving that power in the hand. They must be mindful to never let the hand become stronger than the seat or to act with the hand first. And it's helpful to think of this as a line of electricity where the on switch is the hind legs and that if the hand comes too strong, it's the off switch. And I thought that that was a really neat tip. Oh, that's a great visual. Can you say that one more time with the light switch? Yes. The rider must be mindful never to let the hand become stronger than the seat or to act with the hand first. And it's helpful to think of this as a line of electricity where the on switch is the hind legs 
and if the hands come too strong, it becomes the off switch and turns the power or the hind legs off. You never, never flick the off switch, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> always keep true. that. Always keep the energy on. I love it. Well, and we always talk about that, how important it is to keep the hind legs moving. And, you know, that's such a that's such a great visual is if you get too strong, boom, it's off. It's gone. You have to you have to yeah, re- you have done. to turn everything back on. Um, so I think that that's a fantastic visual and thought. Yeah, I, I was working with somebody this week on, on this sort of thing. And I said, you know, it's, it's particular with this horse, but I mean, he's a little bit lazy and, and as they tend to be, you know, and um you know, I said, well, it's better for the horse to have a little too much rhythm or a little bit too much pace than not enough, mm-hmm. right? If you're too strong with your hands, then you you always have not enough, not enough, not enough. And, you know, you're always and, – and, and with somebody else, they were, you know, just being too strong with their hands. And I said, well, that's why you have to push so much with your leg because you're working too hard because you got, you got the contact on so strong all the time that the horse is always going like, should I stop? Should I stop? Should I stop? And you're going go go go. Whereas if you just let go a little bit, let the horse go, and you don't. And then the horse, and then the horse was just cruising around, going ten times nicer just just by getting a little freedom in the front end. So, you know, always always, um, you know, something to work on is you know, is are you working too hard because you're pulling too hard and and have, and always having to remind the horse to stay forward because you've got a little bit you, you've turned you're always turning them off, I guess, sort of thing, right? Yeah. I think that that's, yeah, it's such a great way to think about it. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think that the idea of being having more energy or more activity, you're better off with that, <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. You're much better off. And then your I hands, think, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think, too, also, a lot of people, as they're learning the idea of connection, because it's what's in front of them, they think too much about the rain. And so, it's easy not only to kind of, as Christoph Hess calls it, close the front door so that you can't, you know, get through. But um, not only are they closing the door by taking too much contact, but sometimes don't you notice, Philip, that it's, um, you know, not that there's not necessarily enough activity behind, but there's not any awareness or paying attention to it at all, where right. you're kind of just riding the right. contact and you haven't even right. thought about what needs to be happening behind you. Well, yeah, I mean, and I know, and, and for myself too, when I was um, learning to ride and learning about dressage, I mean, you see these really nice, you know, what do we call it, headsets, you know, everybody's going for that headset in the beginning. And then, you know, it takes a long time to really say that's, you know, the the, the look of the horse has nothing to do with how well it's it's working, you know. It takes a really good rider, good eye, and 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 a good seat to feel, you know, whether the horse is going. It's it's a lot easier to look down and say, okay, well, the 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 nose is down, must be doing a good job. But I really try and instill in people that that has nothing to do with what we're trying to achieve, you know. And and when you have a horse that is reactive off the leg, and and forward and energetic and showing himself off. Then, then you get the then you get the nose coming down and you get submission and you get stuff like this. But you know, if that's all you're thinking about during your whole ride is how low the head is and, and you know how um, slow and controlled, right? Again, and that's another thing. Like dressage isn't about being slow, right? It's about being energetic and powerful and building muscles and so. And you don't do that by just poking around the arena with a head in the dirt. So, you know, all kinds of little concepts that we that we have to think of and we have to. 
you know, I mean, we all learn to ride in stages and, and, and you know, being, getting the horse to accept the contact and, and lots of work on, on contact stuff is really important for sure, but it's not the most important thing. So, so make sure everybody that you just let the, let the nose go sometimes and, and get that horse out in front of you. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything that you guys are talking about. And one of the things that I always say is the head is a symptom of what's happening behind. So if you feel the horse is getting strong up front, the issue is more than likely behind. It's not in the, in the bridle. It's because the hind legs are, I like to say they're in Texas. You know, they're not underneath yeah. you. They're not, they're not coming from behind. So, yeah. you know, we feel that the horse is strong or we feel X or Y, but that probably isn't the root of the problem. So I think it's always, that's what I always say is let's find the root of the problem. What is the problem? And more than likely giving up front and activating the hind legs will solve a lot of the problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the horse is strong, they'll get stronger because they're going to friggin' win. All right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like they look at the neck in front of you, your two yeah. arms are not going to do anything against that. So, right. um, yeah, don't, don't fight, don't fight. Just find some energy, find the solution somewhere else. Exactly. Well, that was a great tip, Hillary. Thank you so much. I think that's such a good visual um, to think about the on switch and the off switch. Uh, great one. So thank you so much for your time. How do our listeners find you online? At dressagetoday.com and on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Well, as always, um, we love having Hillary on and her training tips. She's phenomenal. I can't wait to see her and cheer her on. I will get some pictures for sure while she's here. Well, we've also got a ton of emails and lots of great questions for the Total Saddle Fit um, contest question. You can send in you know, your question about uh, saddle fit questions or tack fitting questions, stuff like this, um, into us, myself or Reese. And we're going to pick uh, the best one. And the best question from all the questions that we pick from, they're all going to get answered by Justin at some point. Uh, we've got lots. But, uh, you know, keep sending in more. And we're going to pick the best one. And the best one wins a free total saddle fit shoulder relief girth. So uh, we'll get what size, you know, whatever size you need. And uh, Justin will send that right out to you. Uh, I think we're going to pick it the first week of November, so we've got one more week to get in those questions, and and uh, think of a good one, send it in, it'll be great. We love we love all the responses we've got so far, and, and we'd like a little bit more, so we have um, lots of great content for our shows, and uh, 
That's worth about questions. 150 bucks. So yes, yeah. absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, we would I mean, love it's, it. it's well worth it. We love the girth. I mean, it's... we've already had great questions too. Like both Philip and I are like, oh my gosh, this is going to be tough on us, but we appreciate <laughs> it and, and and really excited for all the participation. Uh, it's going to take us a little while to get through all the questions. I think that that's phenomenal. So thanks for writing in for sure. And um, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Next week is Para, so enjoy the show. <laughs>